Welcome back to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel, and I'm with Kelly Brink for our Happy Hour Fridays. Hi, Kelly. Hi. No happy hour for me today. I'm drinking water. Yes. You want to know why? Why? Tell me. Because <laughs> I'm hungover as fuck. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, I can't... We'll get into that yeah, later. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that story. Um, so, first of all, I just wanted to give a shout out to my daughter because today, this morning, she graduated from um, lower school. And it was it's a big deal for all the kids for, you know, celebrating 2023 and finishing lower school. We all got nervous that they would not know how to read or count because of COVID. And so finally she graduated. I'm very excited. And then she will be moving with me to Palm Beach, Florida for school next year. And I think she's really excited. So I just wanted to say I'm really proud of her and all her friends and her grade in Manhattan. They worked really hard and they um, looked beautiful at the ceremony today. I couldn't be there because I'm in Florida, but um, I watched it live streamed on their school um, feed and it was super cute and I'm just really proud of her. So congratulations, Wyatt and Reese and Olivia and Charlotte and Liv and, you know, all her and Sloan, all her little friends. So I'm really proud of them. Congratulations, Wyatt. So um, I wanted to start off by talking about um, some of the news that is out today that is so, well, not today, but all week that has been like consuming me because I feel like I haven't slept in the last, like at least two nights, but maybe more because I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm constantly looking at my phone to see if there's an update on what's going on with this submersible. Um, the Titan, uh, who's, uh, you know, has five passengers on it. And it's so interesting. It's like, I can't remember the last time that the world sort of rallied and was paying attention to what happened to five people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know there's a lot of tragedies and crisis and whatever, but usually it's related to something much bigger. I mean, it, it surrounds five people that they've sent so, uh, many, you know, uh, rescue missions out to get, um, to get them because, you know, we're under time constraints. I think to, um, you know, we're filming this on Thursday, it's going to air Friday, but as of today in about an hour from now hits their 96 hour mark where they uh, are going to run out of oxygen. I know that all those times are approximate, but you know, it's, you know, a, a looming, um, time that we all have today at noon. And I just, I keep hoping that there will be some sort of miracle because miracles do happen, but um, it seems very dire and upsetting. And it's like so hard to imagine what these guys are going through. So like I'll be sleeping at night and I'll wake up and I'll look at the news and see what's going on and then think about how awful that would be, you know, to be in that predicament. I mean, what are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, yeah, like you said, you normally don't see the whole world rallying around five people. You see that in natural disasters, earthquakes, tsunamis, things like that. But this is five people. Everyone's thoughts and hopes and prayers and everything are are, are with these five people. But there's also been a lot of really negative stuff on the internet, a lot of like really negative comments, a lot of backlash that I've been seeing, which is horrible. Like people saying things like, I don't care about five billionaires, you know, they deserve to die for making such a stupid decision, things like that. That's awful. Absolutely. I mean, so terrible. And first of all, anyone saying that obviously couldn't afford a fun adventure like that. So, you know, if it's in your price point, you know, you want to go see the world and explore everything. So 
that's just crazy those comments and then there there's a lot of uh, a lot of people kind of making light of the situation too because it's just kind of so surreal so people are kind of joking around about it i think at first people thought they were going to rescue them it, mm. like they were going to find them bring them back and everything was going to be okay but like you said it's looking really grim right now but uh yeah. i saw you commented i said so uh barstool sports kfc barstool uh kevin clancy from yeah, barstool sports. i love him he's, he's so been, funny i know he's great so he's been posting about the titan all week his posts have been really good there's been a little bit of humor in it though uh but i saw that you made a comment one of your big concerns uh is how are these people going to the bathroom in this submersible? Yeah, well, it's so crazy because I ended up like Googling it because I was really stressed out about it. But this was like on day one, right? That we heard that. That was like one of my first questions. Um, yeah. And it's funny because as of this morning, it has like almost 14,000 likes yeah. and 200 comments. And most of the comments are like, oh my God, that's what I was wondering too. But mm -hmm. since I, you know, I commented about that, I've actually seen that they've, posted or added to the stories, um, you know, real journalists are saying that they found out that there is a small type of um, bathroom. It's not really a bathroom, but a place you can go to the bathroom. And I think it's similar to what they call heads, you know, on boats, yes. and they can just yeah. like go in something. But like I was that would make me so anxious, you know, and also yeah. like the uh, like how cold it is down there. Um, and how dark and out of sorts you are um, with what's going on. So, um, you know, who knows if something um, really awful happened two hours in or an hour and 45 minutes into their journey and they died yeah. right then and there, or if they're still holding on and hoping yeah. they'll be rescued because they have no other options. It's just so terrible. Yeah. I've, I've been feeling very claustrophobic this week too, hearing this story. So I, I was reading a lot about it too, and it's not, there are, okay. So there's a few possibilities they say of what could have happened. They may just be at the bottom of the ocean floor 13,000 feet below, it, it may have imploded, it may have blown up, but they're not seeing any debris. So they really don't think that happened. Obviously, everybody's heard about the, the tapping sounds, the knocking sounds, mm -hmm. which made it sound like they're, they were still alive. And okay. Uh, another option would be they could have resurfaced somewhere far away and mm -hmm. just be floating around. And in that case, that would be that would be terrible, because you know, there's not a hatch. No, yeah, um, they've been they locked had to in. be bolted. Yeah. Yes, seventeen bolts. So yeah, I mean, all scenarios are pretty awful. I think the best one would be that they're already floating on top of the water because then they just need to get to them and undo the the hatch that was bolted from the outside. But um, yeah. the others seem pretty grim and awful. And, you know, who knows if they were caught on something? Who knows if those taps were just floating debris down near the Titanic um, that are making the sound? So, like, I have so many questions. I want to know, know, you know, I'm, I wish that um, journalists would be getting to the point more of like what the conversations were like the first hour and 45 minutes that they did have contact with them. Did it seem like anything was wrong up until then? Did they know exactly where they were when they um, disappeared from, you know, communication? Um, how did they seem to be doing for the first, you know, hour and 45 minutes? I'm curious about all that. And then I'm curious if a submarine uh, or a submersible like that implodes, um, 
does it make something like a sonic boom? Does it make some sort of noise that you would hear somewhere or that would be registered somewhere in the atmosphere? Um, Would you see debris? I mean, I don't really know how that would happen. So, um, and also, you know, there's been a lot of talk that this was not made properly and didn't have the right specifications to go that deep. And so, you know, I'm just curious if, if they are still in there, if they're just minute to minute, you know, so worried that they're just going to, you know, implode. I mean, it's just yes. so awful. That's a good point. One of the, one of the crazy things, well, so it sounds like there were some like, don't quote me on this, some sort of like code violation mm-hmm. things, or, you know, they weren't following things to specifications, like you said, and this contraption, it's kind of like made out of random parts like that like upcycled recycled parts like the steering is from an xbox controller um there's there's no like emergency location device on it like there is on an airplane like no no black box or anything like that where they can you know find you and locate you no no tracking or anything which there should be and all of the steering and navigation was done by text message yeah which is kind of there were a lot of things that well, it I makes like, no sense because, you yeah. know, my Wi-Fi doesn't even work half the time in my own house, much less if I went underwater. I mean, I just, just think that's crazy. And like if the Xbox or PlayStation control wasn't charged properly, like how would they use? I, I just think the whole thing sounds absurd, sort of. Um, I know. But, I know. So, yeah. Would you go? Would you? OK, I do love the Titanic. I think it's amazing. And what an experience, you know, what an opportunity for these people. But so iffy, would you ever would you ever go on have a, done an that? excursion yeah. like that? No, no. I, if someone this. paid me 10 million dollars, I wouldn't go because they're not even getting out and swimming with it or like looking yeah. for things. They're looking through a glass little window and taking right. pictures with their phone. I mean, they can sit in the comfort of their bed or their couch and, you know, log on to what the submersible is seeing and be safe and drinking wine or a beer. And like, it makes no sense. I mean, I just am so shocked that anyone would want to do that. But, you know, I did speak to somebody last night who is a major adventurer and does go on things like this and is someone who's registered on the wait list to go up into space and all this stuff. So, he says that they're very aware when they do these things of how dangerous it is and how they could lose, lose their life, but that it doesn't, that doesn't deter them obviously because they are such adventurers and they love this kind of thing. And, um, you know, I just, I hope they had food. I hope they had water. I hope they had a lot of sweaters and warm things that they could have, you know, they were layered and could have taken off depending on the heat. I just, you know, it's also really sad that a 19 year old boy was down there because no matter how much experience the other guys have, um, in this kind of thing, um, that 19 year old kid was just a kid is just a kid and, uh, must be terrified. I mean, they're all terrified, but anyway, father and son. Yeah. So father and son. Yeah. I, I can only imagine like the conversation, the conversations that are taking place too, between this father and son, probably like heartbreaking, like, I love you, you know, all these big, meaningful. I would hope. I mean, hopefully they're not mad at each other and blaming each other about how they got there in the first place. So, um, but maybe by the time this airs, there will be some answers. I would hope, uh, if not, I hope that there are answers at the end, no matter, no matter what the outcome is, because, um, you remember how long it took to find, like, to get answers to the missing, 
um, airplane that disappeared. Malaysian, the, the Malaysian, Malaysian air. Yes, yeah. That, and that's I, a crazy story. That's a there. crazy story. And I actually yeah. recently watched the documentary. I actually didn't know that they found the plane. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it just disappeared. No, I thought so too. But in the documentary, okay. they made it seem like they did find um, okay. wreckage and fuselage from it um, somewhere, but they kind of don't know what oh. happened or why, yeah. you know, why yeah. the flight ended. So anyway, I love all that stuff. I think it's really interesting, but no one yeah. likes to not know what happened. The not knowing is the worst. Um, I've been through that when I lost my fiance in September 11th and I had to not know for a long time what happened. And, you know, obviously your brain tells you that when it's like not okay to hope anymore, you know, but you, you want to give up hope until you, you want to keep hope until you know, um, some tangible facts. So I, it yes. really is the worst feeling of not knowing. So I do, um, so I will follow the story and I hope you all do too, because it's just an awful thing. And it I hope is. that we will um, learn a lot from it, I guess. Yeah. I'm so excited to tell you guys about our new sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that you can personalize to your own taste and lifestyle. I try to be very conscious of what I eat, and I love that everything in Green Chef is pre-proportioned for me without having to measure. And as the only keto meal kit, Green Chef makes sticking to a carb-conscious lifestyle so easy. I take my health very seriously, and I love it that Green Chef does as well. By bringing me seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood. It's summertime, which means if you're like me, you're busier than ever with activities, kids at home, holidays. And what I love about Green Chef is that everything is done for you. All you have to do is throw it together, and it's ready in literally less than 30 minutes. It's so fast. It's really going to save me time this summer with my crazy schedule, and it will totally save you time. And not only that, the food is so good. I'm personally so excited to try the lemon basil caper pork with sautéed cauliflower, bell pepper, almonds, and feta cheese. It looks so good and healthy. And oh my gosh, I'm looking here. The fig and prosciutto pita pizzas with feta, mozzarella, tomato, and kale salad with hazelnuts look like an amazing and super fast lunch option that even my daughter Wyatt is excited to try. I have to admit the cooking is not my favorite activity. And not only that, I really suck at it, but I do love great food. And actually I also love staying home. So Green Chef is going to be the best of both worlds for me. So give Green Chef a try today. Use our special discount code for a great deal. You're not gonna believe this. You get 60% off plus free shipping. So go to greenchef.com slash understood 60 and use code understood 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's all lowercase, by the way. And again, that's greenchef.com slash understood 60 and use code understood 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Maybe Green we should Chef, talk about the number one meal kit for that we had on. Yeah, for sure. So we start Monday. Day we had uh, Lilo Brancato, um, who was the actor, the 16-year-old in A Bronx Tale, which, have you seen the movie? Yeah, you made me watch it, and I'm so glad you did. Oh, I watched good. it the, the, the day before he came on the show. But, but you hadn't seen it 30 years ago. I did, but I really didn't remember it. I remembered bits and pieces of it, but... I had to rewatch it again. But, it brought, then I remembered, but, but yeah, it it's was such so an good. interesting film because it's just as good now as it was 30 years ago. I mean, totally. it's timeless. It's such a good film. Yes. And, um, C is the part that he plays. It's, um, Robert De Niro's son. And he's such a breakout actor. And I loved having him on the show. Cause he talked about how he got 
found or noticed, whatever. Yeah. Um, he was swimming in the ocean. His brother pulled him out and said, you should try out for this cold casting call. And he ultimately got the part and it made him ridiculously famous. I mean, he, he, yes. he, by the way, is a natural talent. He is a star, but you know, people all have their demons and he was struggling with his. And especially when he um, got the notoriety and the fame from this movie, um, people started coming out of the woodwork and the mostly the way that people wanted to, you know, show their, you know, appreciation of him or act like they were his friends was to get him involved in partying and drugs, ultimately leading to the fact where he got so addicted that he was looking for drugs one night with uh, another person um, and they went to someone's house to break in and get some drugs that he ha- he had. It was a friend of Lilo, so he knew that the guy would be there, and he knew that the guy had stuff. And um, he, I don't even think they made it into the house, but they just broke the yeah. glass. And there was an off-duty cop living next door who heard, came out, and the accomplice that was with Lilo shot and killed the cop and um the accomplice got shot i think a bunch of times lilo got shot a few times and it was horrible he went he went to jail for 10 years got out after eight and is spending his life right now um working in the treatment and addiction and recovery um community really helping others and it was really interesting to talk to him and hear his whole story what did you think oh it was great it was such a beautiful story of a rise and a fall, but then redemption afterwards Mm -hmm. and serving others and things like that, helping others in the future. And, uh, you had, you said in the, in the interview, it's like life imitates art that, that famous quote from the movie, the, the saddest thing in the world is wasted talent. And and his life was going on that kind of course, but he, he brought it all back. So he was great. He was great. And he was fun. And I love the way he just lays it all out there. He doesn't he doesn't make excuses. He doesn't try to put it in a prettier little package or anything like that. He's like, here's what I did. And he just says it all and, and doesn't hide anything or, you know, he just tells his full story. It, it was great. And we've been getting great feedback on that episode too. Everybody just really loved it. Yeah. And so if you haven't listened to it yet, you should go back and listen to it when you can. He's really interesting. It's a really compelling story. And especially if you've seen a Bronx tale, it makes it even more worthwhile because then you feel like you really get to understand him. So then, uh, the episode that came out Wednesday was the famous Rudy Giuliani episode that we did. Um, we went to see him at WABC radio and did a sit down with him for about an hour and 10 minutes which was fantastic because he had been on my bucket list before I even started this podcast as one of the people I wanted to speak to. And when I would tell people that I wanted to interview Rudy Giuliani, they said, why? That's crazy. I'm not going to listen to that episode. He's completely nuts. But um, the first question people asked after my interview, when they heard I met him that day was, you know, could he form a sentence? And yes, yes, he was completely normal. He's not like what you read about. I know that he does make a lot of, you know, offhanded comments, crazy, you know, some comments sound crazy. Things he does have been a little bizarre with the, you know, showing up at the Four Seasons landscaping company instead of a hotel to do a press conference or having the hair dye sweating out of his head and, you know, all these weird things, I guess, but just means to me, you have really bad people around you because they're not helping you. 
So now yes. he is a really yes. good um, publicist or, you know, assistant or manager that he works with. And frankly, my experience with him was fantastic. He spoke all about um, his experience with 9-11. Obviously, I have my own. So it was so great to talk to him um, and go through that day with him. And then I was able to ask him questions, even though I wasn't really supposed to, but about the current accusations that have been, you know, in the news and also talk to him about the state of New York because there's been so much going on in New York. And I just moved from New York to Florida to get out of being in New York, but I'm really a New Yorker. So it was nice to talk to him and get his perspective. And he's such a smart man. He's done a lot. So like him or hate him, it's a great episode to listen to because I think you get a, a new perspective of who he is and give, have a little forgiveness, you know, and empathy Absolutely. from it. Yeah. So I hope it, people it listen great. to that. Oh my gosh. What a sweetheart too. And the same thing, everybody who's like, Oh my God, you, you met Rudy. Is he absolutely just batshit crazy? I'm like, what? No, he's very articulate and well-spoken and a gentleman and just a wonderful, like he was a great person. Yeah. And Ted, his, his right-hand man is wonderful too. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. And we all as Americans, have our own story that we went through on 9-11, whether we lived in New York or Iowa or wherever, you know, we all felt the emotions and we were all scared and we all saw Rudy as a leader during that time. So the story resonates with everyone. I think whether you like his politics or not, it's a great episode. Yeah. And obviously what he said is still important enough because it was, you know, front page story this morning on the Daily Mail and got picked up everywhere. And people are interested in what he has to say. And I think for a long time, he's gotten really bad press about, you know, the fact that people are like, what happened to him? So, you know, I I do think it was very interesting to be able to talk to him and hear his thoughts on um, what's going on in terrorism and how it's changed or hasn't changed since then, you know? So he's a really uh, interesting figure to just pick his brain anyway. So it was such an honor to have him on the show, you know? Um, So anyways, I thought that was great. Um, It was great. Yeah. So I wanted to actually talk about one other thing that has been consuming my week. Have you, uh, well, I know you did because I'm asked you to, but, um, (laughs) who has seen, um, this new documentary, uh, it's like a top show right now on documentary. It is called take care of Maya. Um, I know that you saw it and, um, but people that are listening, I really, next time you go on Netflix, this is a documentary you should see, but be prepared. It's going to affect you. So I, as I mentioned at the beginning of the, of this, I haven't been sleeping because of the submersible and all of that, but I also didn't sleep the night that I watched Take Care of Maya because it affected me in a way that I wasn't prepared for. I mean, I was crying from like the first two minutes in and then at different parts throughout, I was so affected that I found myself just like beyond upset. And it's, you know, it's about a family that this is the first time they've gotten to have their narrative and share their side of the story. Um, but technically it was a family who, um, it happened about 10 years ago. The, there was a two kids, a brother and a sister and two parents. Um, the Kowalskis is the name of the family. And the daughter started suffering from some interesting, um, symptoms that they couldn't figure out. And they took her to five different doctors and one doctor, two doctors actually just decided to prescribe her with, um, ketamine as a way to treat what she had. And it was a disease that many people hadn't heard of. Um, and the ketamine was helping her and she had a relapse and they took her to John, Johns Hopkins. Um, John Hopkins 
uh, believed that the mom had Munchausen's by proxy, which is where you um, are basically lying about uh, your kid being sick to get more attention for yourself is sort of the layman's terms for it. And long story short, um, Child Protective Services came in and took the child and got the courts involved. And um, Maya, the daughter, who was only 10 and was in a ton of pain and they weren't giving her the ketamine that she was used to getting to subside the pain. And she was in the hospital by herself for three months under the care of the state and, you know, um, basically could not see her mom, could see her dad on a limited basis. And they really blamed the mom, like she was making this up and making her daughter sick. And, uh, the last sort of straw that broke the camel's back as the judge decided that this was going to continue on and that um, she could not even go in and hug um, her daughter. And that night, um, the mother, uh, her name was Beta Kowalski, um, she killed herself. She hung herself. And uh, long story short, uh, it, Maya has this disease. It's been diagnosed. The The hospital agreed. They gave custody back to the father. And now... Um, In 2023 is where we are. Obviously, September, they are going to court, but it's taken them five years to get um, a court to agree to, you know, take this to trial. And they are suing Johns Hopkins um, for um, negligence, basically. And I hope they get every penny that they asked for. It's such an upsetting story. And they also found out that this one child protective service woman um, had, you know, taken away almost 30 kids from their families and some parents are still in jail from it. And, you know, I've actually had two friends that have told me stories like this, that they've gone to the hospital and something happened with their kid. One of them in particular, I remember her son had taken the microwavable um, macaroni and cheese out of the microwave really quick and the water that's in it um, sprayed all over his neck and stomach because he wasn't prepared that it was like burning water and she took him to the emergency room and she was basically accused of child abuse and yeah yeah and it was a whole investigation and she's like this is crazy I, I I'm bringing him here to get treatment but he had third degree burns on his body and uh it was really bad so they didn't believe her and she's a great mom, you know, and yeah. it, I, it, it's just so scary because it could happen to anyone. What happened to the Kowalskis could happen to anyone. And it's so frightening um, when the control is taken away from you and the power and when these big businesses get involved and the courts get involved because the courts are not really prepared to listen to all the facts and listen to the emotion and listen to why people do things. And they, and it's just a judge that's making these decisions and the damage has already been done. I mean, this poor girl grew up without a mother and her mother killed herself because of what was happening, not because she had any mental illness. She could not be with her daughter and she was devastated. And it's, it was so upsetting to me because Maya at the time was my daughter's age um, that she is now. And uh, I was so affected by it that I stalked her and figured out how to get in ho- a hold of her. And within 20 minutes of me reaching out to her, I was talking to her on, on my phone. We were texting back and forth and she's such a sweet girl. And I just really wish the best for her and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, we made a request for them to come on the show and it seems like Netflix uh, doesn't want them to be doing press that they're not setting up right now. So we'll see if eventually we can get her on, but I just really am going to follow that story and I hope for the best for her and people that haven't seen the documentary really should, if they can stomach that kind of thing. I agree. It it was 
heartbreaking. I'm, I'm pretty tough. I was like, I'm not going to cry. Oh, I was crying through the whole thing too. So sad. I can't imagine being prevented from seeing my child. I, I just felt her pain. It was just, it was just horrible. And these, these, the court system, the social workers, they have so much on their plate. They have so many case files. I was frustrated because they can't possibly give Maya's case. They could not have possibly given Maya's case the time and attention that Maya's own parents did over the course of her lifetime. They looked at a file, read through it, and decided like that they're going to take parental custody away. It was just infuriating to watch the end. The ending is... I mean, you need a box of Kleenex. It's, yeah. It's yeah. But, tragic. you know, also what's interesting is to play devil's advocate. It's happened in the opposite way. I mean, remember the story with Gypsy? What was it? Yes, what was yeah. this? Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Yes. yes. Yep. And the mother was taking the child in and doctor shopping and um, made the kid think she was sick, I think. Yes, and she did, um, yeah. because she did have Munchausen's by proxy. And mm-hmm. eventually the daughter kind of got her wits about her. She got older and got a boyfriend and they decided to create a scheme to kill the mother. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. So I don't even know what happened there. Do you know how that ended up? I don't know how it ended up, but I, but they've made movies about it. It obviously yes. was a big enough yeah. story that uh, it gripped the nation and it was crazy. But in this scenario, the mother was abusing the child because she had Munchausen's and was yes. getting a lot of attention because her daughter was so sick. At the end of the day, I think she made it seem like her daughter couldn't walk. She was paralyzed. Yeah, the kid could walk because she's walking mm-hmm. fine. So, yep. I mean, th- these scenarios do happen. They do. But, they do. Yep. Um, you yep. have to be so careful, obviously. I mean, it's, we're not involved it's in not, it, but it's just it's so just, painful to watch. It is. And I know that the court system has a really difficult job to do. Yeah. I know they do, but they don't always get it right. There's no way they can always get it right. Yeah. And in this case, in Maya's case, they got it terribly wrong and there is just a tragic ending. So it's a great, it's a great documentary. Don't watch it if you want to be in a good mood, but do watch it. It's, it's a, it's really good. Okay. Yeah. And actually yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I have a text message from her right here. She just texted me as we're do literally you? talking. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. This show is all about people that are misunderstood. So I'm yeah. really hoping to, you know, if she doesn't do the interview, that's fine. I just would actually like to have her in my life because I really want to support her. So I'm going to continue yes. to talk to her and wish her the best. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're great at booking guests. So Thank we'll you. see what happens. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Who are our guests that we have next week? Oh, next week we've got one guest in a two-part episode. We've got Sarma. Oh, Melinda speaking Lewis. of speaking yes. of Netflix. Yes. yes. So wait, speaking we'll tell you, uh, you have a couple days now, you guys, if you haven't seen Bad Vegan on Netflix, yes. I feel like I'm working for Netflix, Netflix <laughs> right now. If you haven't seen Bad Vegan on Netflix, go and watch it this weekend. I believe there's four parts to the, to the docuseries. Is that um, I think that's right. Yep. Yep. You can binge uh, it because yeah. it's that good. And oh, yeah. Sarma is a woman who um, lived in New York, got into the hospitality business, the restaurant business, um, was a partner in something called Pure Food and Wine. 
And uh, long story short, I mean, I don't even want to give it away because it's so interesting. But you, she went, ended up going to prison because of a guy. The restaurant was closed. It was all over the news. It was national news. And we have it on our show next week. And it's um, one of the first times she really spends a lot of time telling her side. Because when you watch the documentary, you come away with it not knowing, is this girl a complete criminal? Is she um, mentally unstable? Or you know, was she psychologically abused by a guy who created this world in her head and she did not know how to get out of it? And unless you've been through some sort of cult, um, under, you know, unless you understand cults, unless you've been exposed to cults, you can't really understand what that's like to be so psychologically abused because people will look at you and say, oh, you're so smart. Like, how could you not get yourself out of that? It doesn't work that way. They'll say, why didn't you leave? Why did you not leave? Like, it's a choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't understand. It's much more than that. And it's, um, and so you don't know whether or not she was just brainwashed and fell into this spell and ruined her whole life because of it. But, uh, I've become friends with her through doing these interviews with her. I, genuinely like her. Uh, I wish her the best. She has some really exciting things coming up for her in her life, which she deserves because I think she's had a really hard time for many years with the stigma of what happened to her and what she went through and what she, she did cause other people. So, um, I think she's trying to make amends and she's got a lot of work to do and a lot of money to pay back, um, in retribution to the government. As a matter of fact, I think at the end of the day, um, they owed about six, she owed personally over $6 million. Um, and so I think she has to be giving that back and dealing with taxes and all sorts of things. So to get your credibility, back and people to trust you again is a really hard thing, um, especially when it's been portrayed in the papers and in the movies um, or, you know, in streaming service. So I think it'll yeah. be really interesting to hear her story. You guys are going to love it. The first part of the episode comes out Monday. The second part comes out Wednesday so that you have time to catch up. But um, I think you will enjoy it. Yeah. I'm super excited too, because right when Bad Vegan came out on Netflix, I was all about it. I binged the whole thing right yeah. away. And for the people who haven't seen it, there's really no way you could explain it quickly. It's it's unbelievable, the mm-hmm. story. So it's just, it gets pretty crazy and definitely worth the watch. Yeah. So, so you guys exciting. will have a good show come out on Monday. Um, all right. So you said earlier that you are hungover. I think you look great. Um, I just want to get a quick update on how your dating yeah. has been going on because yeah. if people are just tuning in now, or if you've been watching for the last three weeks, Kelly is getting married in new year's Eve of 2024. So, uh, the catch there is that we don't have a husband for her yet. So we're looking for one. So we've been setting her up on dates. We put her on all these online dating sites and she's just been inundated with men and dick pics and all this really fun stuff. So, um, she is having a hard time working the last two weeks because because all she's doing is going out on dates and texting me at four in the morning being like, I'm driving home now, da, da, da. So I can't wait to hear the quick update from you. Yeah, quick update. It's going well. I embarrassed myself, I feel like, on my first date last night. Um, I, I forget that, like, I've lost a lot of weight recently. I can't really drink. I don't have much of an alcohol tolerance. So I don't really drink a whole lot. I had a little too much. I, I wasn't silly or anything. But I threw up. Oh, so, my God. Um, Amateur. And Ugh. I know he was so sweet. I ended up I had to because I live an hour away. I had to stay at his house. First date. I had to stay at his house. Oh I, my he God. had to get me a toothbrush. Oh, my um, God. He Kelly. was I know he was so sweet. So this is 
okay, maybe there's a reason why I'm single anyway, but the date went well, we went bowling and he is a super cutie, smart, smart, nerd, nerdy guy, my kind of nerd. Okay. Um, but that went great. So that was a great date other than was he who he said he was. I mean, I know when you meet somebody online, they can be a lot different. So did he live up to who he said he was? And more. Yes. Oh, yes. Cute. He was a very, very quality person. So okay. that was exciting. Do you to, think you will go out him. with him again? Yes, I will. He asked me already. So wow. Yep. Even though you yeah. threw up in his house and he had to I give know. you a toothbrush and I you had know. to spend the night on the first date, he asked you out again. Well, something's going right for you. Yeah. It must be my amazing bowling skills. Yes. So, oh, yeah. Did you, yep. did you yep. win? No. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> I'm a terrible bowler. Okay. So yeah, but it was fun. We had a great time. I'm going to a concert tonight with somebody Avid else. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. With a, <clears throat> with a, on another date, I will not be drinking. So I, that should go well. Okay. Uh, and then, oh, Sunday I have a date, a uh, dinner date. There's a man flying his airplane here to meet me for dinner. Yes. That's what I like to hear. Okay. That's my kind of guy. I've never had anybody do anything like that before. So that's pretty exciting. I'm okay. very excited about that. So yeah, All right. it's well, going he well. seems like a, a person that I'd like to put on your short list, but I don't even yes. know his name. So we'll have to hear his qualifications, but at least he's making the effort by coming all yes. the way to see you. I like that because the yeah. last couple of dates you've gone on, you, you live in a small town and you've had to drive at least an hour to go to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, I don't know if, yeah. uh, if I love that. I like that, that he's making yeah. the effort to see you. Yes. I mean, in flying a plane, he's not even driving. He's just, he's like, okay, I'll fly to meet you for dinner. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's exciting. And I love it when a man will put in the effort. I yes, think that's great. For sure. treat, I think that's Treat terrific. a woman. Yeah. Chivalry. I like that. So okay. yeah. Awesome. I'll keep you keep you guys posted. Please do. And if anyone has any suggestions for Kelly, what's the email that you can? It's getting married at misunderstoodpodcast.com. Perfect. Okay, guys. So if you have any suggestions, it doesn't matter where they live in the country, please send in a suggestion, who the person is, how we get in contact with you or them. um, Because it would be really funny. We'll put it on the show. We'll make sure they go on a date or at least try and get them to talk. So that would be great. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, all right. So anything else that we want to cover before you know, next week? No, no, I don't think so. Everybody tune in for Sarma next week, Monday and Wednesday. And then, of course, happy hour on Friday again. Uh, yeah. So thanks for watching. And, and yeah. so I am leaving on my exciting weekend is I'm going to Vegas for an event this weekend. Um, that is exciting. And Who are you going to meet up with there? Well, oh, well, on Sunday, I'm actually going to meet up with Perez Hilton. Um, right. He's coming over to my friend's house. And I'm very good friends with Shelly Berkeley, who's running for mayor in Nevada. And she's working on getting the young vote. And she's really a great woman. She's a Democrat. She represents a lot of good, um, you know, First of all, she has a lot of good people on her side, but she, you know, all the the um, things that she represents are very smart. And she's been somebody in Congress there and in uh, in politics in Nevada for almost her whole life. And by the way, she's like in her 80s. So she may look a little old to be running for this position, but she's been doing this forever. She's fully qualified. So um, Perez just moved to Las Vegas and I am setting them up on a lunch date um, so that they can meet because I believe that Perez will be very helpful 
in her campaign. So that's what I'm doing Sunday. And then I have a, an event Sunday night through Wednesday, which is going to be interesting because this is a group. I, I don't want to even talk about what the name is because it's all very secretive. I'm just oh. a friend of somebody who's a member. And so I'm going as guests. This is the second time I've been invited. Um, but they sort of kidnap you for the weekend. You know the town or the city that you're going to, but you don't know anything else. And they send you like what you're supposed to pack and bring to where it's all very, you know, high net worth individuals, men and women. And so they do a very white glove type of, you know, a three day thing. You have seminars where you're, where you're getting um, to hear from super interesting, super important people. And then you get to see the town you're in. And so this um, time it's Las Vegas, which I'm very familiar with because I lived there for five years. I opened up the number one nightclub uh, there. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of guests they have, what kind of events they have scheduled for us. I know we have a black tie evening. We have something outdoors. We have, you know, a bunch of different dinners and events. So I can't wait to see what happens. I'll have to tell you about it next week, but then I'll be back on uh, Wednesday night. Cannot wait to hear about that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I guess that's all we've got for this week, but <laughs> we need everybody to make sure they, if they have not yet gone on the, uh, their podcast app, wherever they get podcasts, rate and review view the show, give us five stars. If you like it, be sure to subscribe. So you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, um, you know, click below subscribe. Um, it's very helpful for us. We, you know, that's how we do better at this. You know, that's yeah. how people notice us and tell people about our, our, uh, podcast. It really means a lot to us. So thank you so much. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating and review. You can support the show by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. Do you have ideas for the show or want to reach out? Email us at info misunderstood podcast at gmail.com. That's spelled M-I-S-S understood. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Misunderstood.